We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. Super producer Pete Rock calls himself the incredible Hulk of hip-hop. Where is the Hulk in your music um, or in your style? I, I have to say the Hulk is definitely present in the Troy song and in The World Is Yours. You know, all in big, you know, exciting Pete Rock beats. I have to say, you know, there's, there's um, the inspiration of like Hulkish. I think I can hear the Hulk's sense of strength in the Pete Rock sound from time to time. He loves a beat that seems huge and swaggering. I think of Pete as smart, soulful, influential, someone who put together great beats and shaped the direction of music. In the 90s, he made all sorts of records that I cannot afford to play for you now, from the likes of Public Enemy, Nas, Run DMC, Redman. Everyone wanted a Pete Rock beat because he could make a hit that could enhance your career. In his album with C.L. Smooth, Mecca and the Soul Brother, straight up classic. I love that Pete Rock sound. He's unquestionably one of the greatest producers in hip hop history and a very cool, humble guy from Mount Vernon, New York. He came down to the studio and we got into it. It's Pete Rock on Toray Show. So what do you love about making music? Ah, man. What I love about making music, probably everything. You know, um, the inspiration I get from the streets, from people, um, from music itself, even from watching or reading comic books or watching movies, blaxploitation, et cetera. Like, I collect, like, I'm this big collector of many things. So, you know, um, all that intertwines with the way I make music. What comic books do you love? <laughs> every every Marvel book. Marvel, not DC. Uh, Batman and The Flash. And um, uh, that's really about it. But not- it's interesting when you say that you're a collector of many things mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. all that goes into your music. Because mm-hmm. it does seem collage, pastiche. Yes. It, you look down your credits, you got six, seven samples that you pulled in, not one or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that relates to who you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How? Um, I think I wanted to play the role of, a, of a, like, a conductor directing instruments and, you know, sounds. You know what I'm saying? And so I would take different sounds from different records that I heard and put it all together, like, you know, like a stew. I mean, talk about how you mix together six or seven samples because it's not usually at one moment i'm mm-hmm. here right mm-hmm. is it like how um, do you how do you how do you how do you orchestrate it i mean it's it's basically doing a lot of playing around you know i'm a dj you know what i'm saying and i listen to records you know djs have a job to listen to music vinyl and but the kind of vinyl i was listening to was was more uh, complex than than most like, like straight what? jazz, you know, Alice, Coltrane, John, Coltrane, Miles. Um, then, you know, kind of scurried over to the, to the soul where, where James, you know, Barry, Isaac Hayes, you know, those kind of people. Then, you know, I've grown to even study more of late 60s stuff, like mid-60s and, and, and all the way to the to the 80s. Um, and there's a lot of playing around and rubbing and, and, and you know, 
you know, experimenting. You know, how, like I'll get a bass line going and just play with records, listening. I mean, take me through the process. How does Pete Rock make a song? I'm sure that you have, I'm sure you say, mm-hmm. everyone is different, but I'm sure in a lot, there's a there's a process. Yeah. So what what is the process? Um, The process for me would probably be uh, just looking for the first thing to inspire myself. Uh, like I named earlier certain things that I like to do that, that spark me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm weird like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'll just take it from somewhere um, and just kind of adapt it to my train of thought. Um, you know, putting, sitting down and saying, hey, I got an idea, or humming a bass line in my head, you know, and um, actually trying to make it and then, you know, finding sounds to c- complement it but i mean so you f- you find a bass line yeah you find the complimentary sounds yeah. then what then after i find the sounds and i get get it to a point where i feel it's a it's a full beat then it you know i just sprinkle it <laughs> you know what i'm saying with like little horns maybe just some some synth sounds um you know hand claps all that stuff that you know, you know, you do with the drums and congas, all of that stuff. I mean, what are you looking for? Because there's a Pete Rock sound. If you if you didn't, if you gave me the record with no no label on mm-hmm. it, I would probably be like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's Pete. Especially if you were like, is it Pete? Is it Timberland? Right. Or is it Premier? I'd be like, well, right. I, I could tell a Pete. I could tell a Timberland. So, what are you looking for? Um, any and everything. You know, I, I always. You know, wasn't scared to use or go left, meaning um, take a you know a record that people wouldn't normally use, or take some sounds people wouldn't normally you know listen for, or you know like for instance like you know it, it all intertwines with the way I dig too, like going after certain artists you know that I know play a certain instrument and looking for that sound in particular. And then adding it to what I hear in my head. So you're you're layering this. How do you know when the beat is done? Um, when I'm when I'm my neck is breaking. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm steadily listening to it and bopping my head, and I can't stop. Like that's the fun part. Like after making a hot beat, I'll listen to it for hours and get tired of it. You know, and go to the next beat, but. I'm fast. I, I used to be faster back in the days. I used to make like 10, 15 beats a day. You know, people a, used to a, be, a day. Yeah, people. Yeah, you ask anybody in my neighborhood, they'll tell you like, the dude was beasting. And how many of them were great? Um, almost all of them. You know? <laughs> in the very beginning, everyone's beats are whack in the very beginning. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, I just took the spirit of James Brown and all the other artists that were great in, in music. And, and then, you know, being inspired by hip-hop producers like Marley Maul, um, Larry Smith, rest in peace, um, uh, um, Curtis Blow, uh, Rick Rubin, um, Mantronics, um, mm. you know, like, I, I was a heavy listener of 80s rap. Like, even even in the park jams, you know, in the Bronx with Flash and, and, and Theodore and them cats, I used to get all those tapes and study them. When you talk about making 10 to 15 beats a day, and you were doing that for years? Yeah, I slowed down, though. I'm, like, down to, like, five or six now. <laughs> five or six a day? Yeah, a day. I mean, you're you're really tapping into the 10,000 hours thing there, I yeah, think. like I got a lot of beats, bro. I mean, just when you do a lot of practice at something mm-hmm. that you care about mm-hmm. and do it over and over mm-hmm. and over, mm-hmm. then you can get really, really good. I mean, yep. like, you feel like that's the path? Yep, I think so. It gets easier as you, from a young age, you know, and then the passion in your heart and... You, you you find a niche that you're happy about within yourself, and you're saying, "I'm gonna work this thing." And, uh, you know this. You know music makes people feel good. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least the way I make music and the things I listen for that touch my soul. You know what I'm saying? And you also coach the MC. Yeah, I mean he doesn't just go in the booth and just spit. You got to tell him like a little more of this, a little less of that, whatever. Uh, professional whatever. does, but then. To critique a professional, I don't do much of that. I just, 
you know, let them do their job. And then if, if I, I feel something can be, you know, a little better or, or, or said differently, then I'll, I'll suggest it. What do you say? What are you saying to the MC in those moments? Um, Like, yo, I like the way you said that, but, but say it like this. Or, you know what I'm saying? Put this hook in there or say this part. Because sometimes I'll come up with a with a you know with some lyrics or some a lyrical idea you know what I mean for a hook or something um i want to talk remixes mm-hmm. <laughs> you have made some classic remixes mm-hmm. is there a different mind going into the remix than into the the regular joint yeah kind of just you know trying to blow out the original version <laughs> <laughs> i mean is it like the like like if we took a general remix beat, it seems like remixes are more bodacious, more badass, more aggressive, more yeah. edgy. These are Today, not. Today it's different. Right. The yeah. Yes. Yeah. The way I did it, where we changed the beat totally, you know, and and even lyrics had the, the, the artist come in and redo, remix the lyrics. But sometimes we didn't do that, you know, but now they're doing that today. But back then, it was just remixing the beat, and the beat was totally different from the original. I mean, is it like, can you you hear in your mind like, that's an album beat, mm-hmm. that's a remix beat, because <laughs> that's too aggressive for an album um, beat. Sometimes I used to approach approach the remixes like that, like that, like saying, "Oh, that sounds like an album version." So let me let me see if I can top it. My son came to me the other day talking about the the paradox of Theseus's ship. You know about this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you so if you have a ship mm-hmm. and you over time replace every element of the ship, mm-hmm. not not at once, but over time, right, right. to where at some point every block that was into the beginning is no longer in it. Mm. Is it the same ship? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, if you do. The Shut Up Down remix, <laughs> uh-huh. and you change the beat, yeah. and you change the chorus, yeah. and you change the lyrics. Yeah. Is it the same song, or is it an entirely new record? Mm, it's an entirely new record if you change <laughs> the lyrics. Right. Too. But the, if you keep the same lyrics with the same hook, but change the beat, then it's just a regular remix. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, I was making it, I, I, you know, I thought I was doing regular remixes until, you know, I was like, put my all in it. What mistake do a lot of producers make? Mm. Oh man, kicking the plug out the thing, or, <laughs> or making a beat and then and, and erase it, and you know I, that happened to me yesterday. And yeah, I, I was pissed, but I, I, I'm very close to getting it back to what what you know. Well, be, beyond basic technological, oh, like. That's, that's but but I mean like you know what thing are because you're a master producer you're mm-hmm. considered one of the greatest if not the greatest mm-hmm. of your generation mm-hmm. if not more than your generation well, I appreciate that so w- what do you want to see others who are you know still coming up the mountain do better um like be versatile mm-hmm. be original have you know you know perfect your craft care about your craft you know um, care about your audience. Um, you know, lyrically watch what you're saying, you know what I mean? Um, you know, those things right there. What do you do better than anyone? <sighs> hmm, that's a great question. <laughs> um, I'm going to stick, I'm going to, in, in that realm, I'm going to stick into the music side and say, I make probably great soulful beats better than mm-hmm. anyone, I think. But even more granular than that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me, more granular than that. Because mm-hmm. you do make great, but m- m- more granular than that. As a producer, what are you doing better than everybody else? Um, thinking, thinking. You know, sometimes uh, when you're, you know, a digger or, or a beat maker, and as soon as you hear a sound, you want to just go and try to tackle it, but. Today, I'm, I'm being more careful with, with, with how I approach making a beat and making sure, every, you know, that it comes out correct or dope or, you know, and not just taking my time, you know, thinking about it more, thinking through it. More. Do you hear it bef- like before you start? Yeah, yeah. Or are you like working through it and like as you're moving through it, oh, this would be a good idea. This would be a good idea. A lot of beats I hear in my head, you know what I'm saying? Then 
and when, then, it, when it comes to records and digging and stuff, it's just like, you know, putting the needle down and hearing something like, oh, wow, that was crazy. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That type of that that type of procedure. What's the difference between a good producer and a great producer? Um, a good producer is someone who actually knows how to make, you know, a beat. A great producer is a person with a wider mind and a broader mind who can, you know, think of many ideas that no one else is thinking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you've been consistently able to make timeless records. Mm-hmm. We still listen to a lot of your records. That's what's up. Right to this day. Mm-hmm. So what is what are some of the keys to making timeless records? Um, and they didn't think that there would be timeless hip-hop. Timeless yeah. R&B seemed obvious, but timeless hip-hop... They didn't think that was possible. Mm-hmm. You're one of the people who made those sort of records. So what's the key to timeless hip-hop? Um, your mind always has to run on music. You know, I think about music every single day since I was a little kid. Um, and I, I, and the way I direct, you know, my music is from the soul. You know, from the heart, everything's done with passion. You know what I'm saying? And you can kind of hear it. You know, when you're listening to my beats, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I love this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like overly and top, you know, and beyond. You know what I'm saying? It's it's crazy for me how what music does for me. When you talk about thinking about music all the time, what do you mean? Like, like if we could like, if we could hear your head, like what's <sighs> what's going through your head in terms of my constantly thinking about music? Scratching, cutting, you know, <clears throat> DJing. Um, just songs, you know, even slow jams, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jazz joints, you know, Brazilian music is one of my favorite musics today. And then you got Afrobeat, you know, the African um, tribal, which is coming, you know, it's always been there. It's always been dope, you know, with, with um, Phelan and, and stuff like that, being at the top of the Afrobeat. Like, for me, he's king. So you're just having pieces of music run through your head all the time and evaluating them and well I, it's weird how it happens for me sometimes you know like I hear music in my head then I'll just kind of get a kickstart by going on YouTube and looking up old videos and stuff and be like ah then it's like getting you know on track you know what I'm saying like when you you know it's like you know you know, when you listen to that stuff, that kind of stuff could put you in a, in a in a mood to. Do you hear music in the real world? Yeah. Like, you know, you, you bump into something and it rubs the right way. And you're like, Ooh. oh, you mean like pots, pans, forks, knives? KRS told sounds. me once that the, the you know the the wake up bumps when yeah. you're going through to the high on the highway. Yeah. He's like, I want to make a record. Of, boom, 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 boom. I want to I want to sample that. Yo, yep, riding down the West Side Highway in the. All the way in the left lane, I, doing about eighty-five. You know, it, it's in rhythm. Yeah, that's weird. You know, we weird with it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if anybody else thinks like that. But and then yeah, you hear you know sounds when you're a muck somewhere in the world. You know, you may hear something drop, or you may bump into something and be like, "Oh, that's a cool sound." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can we talk about? some of your contemporaries mm-hmm. just what you think is great about them and their music mm-hmm. what makes premier's music so great um because of of his knowledge of music and you know i guess his love for music you know what i'm saying it's always when you hear someone who's great it's because the the, the music that inspired them made them that way gave him that energy i mean his sound is is different than yours yeah street you know you know i could do the street stuff but his he's you know i give him the crown for that you know um you know when it comes to like you know listening to jay and big and nas you know he got the street heat on lock so if he's got the street on lock what do you have on lock i got the melodicness and even with a little street in there too, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I got I got many prisms that I dig in. What about Dre? What about him? 
What does he do for a, his on, sound, man. I mean? Do you really have to ask me that question? <laughs> <laughs> That's my boy, man, Dr. Dre. Big up to Dr. Dre. He's one of, you know, many that I always kind of, you know, my eye, my ears just jumps up anytime I, uh, he's on the job. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the chronic just set it, set it off in the 90s. And... I was I was I was a little jealous when that came out. <laughs> what little, are you jealous of? Um, just the way it just kind of just came out and just was like just ruled the earth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who was your top three? Um, top three albums or producers? Producers. Um, Dilla, Dre, Premier. I, I don't have top three. I have way more than three. Who else would you say then? Alchemist. Mad Lib, um, uh, who else? Mm, oh, so many, so many albums, albums that um, you that you love. Actually, uh, better albums that you wish you did. Oh man, I wish I was on a couple Jay Z albums and Biggie. Any in particular? Uh, Biggie's first album, Jay's first and second album. But you know, I did actually finally get to work with him on on Kanye's album. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. What makes him so great? Oh, man, just his hustle, his grind, how he came up. You know, his style. You've seen it change from one thing to another, and you know, I've got to see that. Is it is it true? Tony Braxton came on and said that a lot of artists and you're an artist mm-hmm. have song envy um yeah some of us do you know we're great you know what i'm saying so you know we hear another great song and you're like damn i wish i would have did that yeah i do I, I, yeah i do that all the time so know? what are some of your songs you most like damn i wish i'd done that um, i could have done that damn. let me see what song i think let me see probably was like a um i'm gonna have to say like a it's weird. This one's weird. A little a G, between G. Depp and Black Rob. Okay. Um. Um. The Woe Joint. Or. The 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 um. This thing is in special delivery. That joint or the uh-huh. Let's Get It joint. What makes Dilla's sound so great? Great. He's just a great student of music. Like he's. I can't even. I don't. I don't even have the real words to describe that dude, man. Like, he he learned so well from from, you know, the inspiration that was put forth. You know what I'm saying? You know, I can only thank the people before me. You know, and same with him. You know what I'm saying? But um, from from what his mom told me, that I was one of his favorite producers, and I was just like, wow, that's. That's pretty dope. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. 
In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. We'll get back to the show in a second, but as we've discussed before, being black in America is extremely dangerous. You walk out of the house, you have no idea what's going to happen. You got the police coming at you. You got Big Mama's Fried Chicken coming at you. You got all kinds of things coming at you, trying to take you out. If you have a family that you care about, you got to provide for your family before being black in America takes you out. Life insurance is important. Go to Policy Genius and check out life insurance policies and get the best rate so you can take care of your family just in case anything happens to you. They also have disability insurance, renter's insurance, health insurance. So anything you care about, they can cover. But look, if you've been putting off getting life insurance, you can't do that. You're black in America. Anything could happen tomorrow. Go to policygenius.com, get quotes, apply in minutes. It's super easy. Do it now, or at least after the show. You should, because their rates are low. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance, because you've got to be protected as a black person in America. So, can we talk about Mecca and the Soul Brother mm-hmm. for a minute? Because mm-hmm. that was one of... The greatest albums ever. Thank you. That was one of my <laughs> most favorite albums ever. Yeah, thanks, bro. And, you know, something that I guess I've been waiting mm-hmm. like 25 years to ask you. No. <laughs> loving that album and being like, so why did he do like, here's a little interludes. piece of something dope <laughs> and then here's the song. But see, like interludes go in between and we as CD listeners can skip them. Yeah. Yeah. You made it so it's like no, this song has nah, two parts. It says so a five percent of the song, and then here's ninety five percent of the song, and it was dope. But yeah. I was just like, what is he saying with like a little piece, yeah, just, and then here's the rest of it. I'm just showing off, man. Just <laughs> you know, listen to this, listen to that, like yo. And those were beats that Biggie wanted. Like those were the beats that Biggie wanted. That like, Biggie asked you for those beats. Yeah, he's like, yo, I want you in the little beats, bro. Like after that album came yeah, out, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. While during his first album, when he was making the first album and the juicy thing and everything like that, you know what I'm saying? And he said to me, "Yo, I want the interlude, bro." Why didn't he get him? He got him. He got him. I mean, I I gave him a cassette at the time, you know, cassettes, you know? right? So I gave him a cassette of beats or whatever, and boom. So yeah. that was, but that was just flossing. Yeah, I got yeah, I was flossing. so many beats. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could have done this album with a whole different set of beats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got a vault, man. Just showing off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the other things that jumps out on that record is you rhyming. Mm. And I was definitely like, it took me, you know, to be honest, Mm -hmm. 
it took me a minute mm-hmm. and I had to grow up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, yo, Pete Rock is whack on the mic. Yeah. Why did he get yeah. on the mic? What yeah. the- I, I didn't want to rap in the beginning. No. To be honest with you. Yeah, I didn't want why you- I was forced to. By who? Grand Poobah. Okay. Why? <laughs> in a fun in a fun way. Sure. Because you know, we were all making music at the you know, I was working with them and um before we had deals and and we would just be playing around in the, in, in my basement. And one day he was like, yo, I think he liked the sound of my voice or whatever, and he was like, "Yo, um, try, I want you to try to rap to this to this joint." And he and he wrote the rhymes, and he was like, "Yo, I want you to spit he, it." Like he that. wrote the rhyme for you. He spit the rhyme. Okay. Oh, we we recorded him rapping. Okay. Creator, right? And then I just followed it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then I didn't like my voice. I was, Bleh. you know what I mean? I used to be on some. Bleh. I was young. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, you know. I ain't, I ain't, I wasn't, I was about the music. I mean, when you get into the rhymes on Mecca and the Soul Brother, Mm -hmm. are you writing those? Yeah. And, and, and you're choosing the rhyme pattern. Yeah, but Poobah helped me with my first two songs ever. And then, you know, everything else I was doing myself. I mean, it took, like I was saying, it took me really talking to some of the older guys like Greg Tate and other people who were like, no, like you got to understand what he's doing. He's Mm -hmm. approaching rhythm in a different way. Yeah. And it's not going to be, a norm, but we don't need another guy to cut through with a normal, mm-hmm. straight, you know, poobah, sadat, mm-hmm. ill, or, ill flow. Mm-hmm. He's the producer. He's yeah. doing it differently. Yeah. He hears music differently. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, it relates to who he is. Yes. And then, you know, with the rhyming stuff, it was, it, you know, I was just like, it came along with what what I did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had, it was there for me to do it anytime I wanted to. So, were you trying to be, I mean, you're, no, I out wasn't of, trying to be no rapper. You, no, 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 no. Oh, but were okay. you trying to be out of pocket? Cause it's like, you, mm. you know what I mean? Like, you seem like you're trying to be off kilter. I wouldn't a little say bit. out of pocket. I would say just, hey, look what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing something, you know, I'm doing something y'all need to see or hear or whatever. Uh huh. So, CL, mm-hmm. CL Smooth. Mm-hmm. What made him so dope for your music? Um, I don't know. I guess because you know we went to you know high school. We met in high school, and he's been working with me since then. You know, doing the basement demos and shit like that. And then, so you had a relationship over years built yeah, up already. The high school stuff. You know, I met him through some some street friends. You know what I'm saying? And I th- and then we just started making music. Take me to. The day that y'all made, uh, they reminisce over you. Oh man! I mean, it was a sad time because you know we uh, we uh, we lost Troy Dixon, who was one of Heavy D's dancers. Rest in peace, Heavy D. And um, yeah, and tell them who don't for those who are younger and don't remember what happened. Um, to Troy. Troy was Troy Dixon, who's a dancer, part of Heavy D and the Boys uh, rap group was on tour and um fell twenty feet from a from a you know, the edge of a stage and uh, playing around with somebody and lost his life, man. And then from from that day, you know, it we, we grieved so hard. I, I was listening to records one day and something spoke to me. You know, the jazz record spoke to me and then I kinda just kinda went in on it. What was the jazz record that spoke to you? Um Tom Scott today's song called Today by Tom Scott. What was it in that that linked up with that everything, mood? Everything, everything. I think the the melody, I think the voices, the voices is what really worked my emotion. For whatever reason, it spoke to me that way. And I was like, you know, let me try something with this record. Did you make that in one day? Maybe about two, three days. So you take the two, three days to make the beat. It, it it didn't the the baseline and the drums because sometimes you just you 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 come up with that with drums and the baseline and then you just don't mess with it for a little bit then come back to it you know I was doing that okay with it and I you know because I was grieving you know I was going through a sad time so I was like damn trying struggling trying to make a beat when I'm feeling sad yeah know? and then it all worked out I just took that 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 sad energy and put it in the music. And got Troy. I mean, it's a deep song. It's not a sad song. Yeah. 
I think it's it's. I was sad. Uh, sure. And the tones of it is sad. Okay. But um, there's a bright side to it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think there's some brightness in the music, and there's definitely a brightness in CL's warm family mm-hmm. memories. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That was on point. Like you know what I'm saying? Like being from the hood, and you know, we all you know have family members where you know what i'm saying like you know that was special to us and we wanted to give that back to them because we felt proud of each other making it you know in the music business or did you tell him like this is a this is called troy this is for da 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 here's the vibe we're going for or did he no uh well yeah the the beat itself i said you know the whole music itself was a beat I was making in dedication to him. You know what I'm saying? But when he got the beat, he just came with the lyrics. You know what I'm saying? You like, didn't talk to him about nah, what to rhyme. Nah. Because we, everyone knew what time it was. So, and I told him, like, look, this is for Troy. And then that's what he did. He went and wrote the lyrics. I mean, it's such a special record. And yeah. it still plays. Actually, I think he wrote the lyrics. I think he... He wrote these lyrics before he got the beat, if I'm not mistaken. I don't, I don't remember. Really? Yeah. Interesting. You know, um, when you finished that record, mm-hmm. did you have any sense of... Uh, uh, nobody ever knows a record's going to blow up, but you, did you think this one will be special out of this group? Yeah, I did. I did because it made me cry. Like really, when it was finished and done, and listened back, and it was people in the room. Everyone was crying, like everyone, and I'm like, whoa. And that's what made me say, you know what? Hey, I think, think we got something. Wow. Yeah. yeah ended up being an anthem. Hell yeah. For hip hop. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Because you know it's a relatable song. Like you know, people, you it could be a happy song. You can make it what you want. Like. But it's doing something good for you when you're listening to it. I mean, for all of the negativity that outsiders want to heap on hip-hop, family Mm -hmm. is very important to hip-hop in the lyrics, in the talking about mom, talking about cousins, Mm -hmm. and putting your your neighborhood, your Mm -hmm. your, your extended family on your record, on your album cover, on your crew, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's very much about family and the people you love and grew up with all yeah. the time yeah that's you know what it's it's an appreciation for our parents having us mm. you, you see what i'm saying mm. and to to really put you know to be ambitious in life and and to you know because it, it's a lot to raise children it's a lot to you know be parents to kids it's five of us you know what i'm saying so you're one of five yeah what number were you? Four. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, you know, with that said, you know, my thing was to, sh- you know, you know, give that back somehow, some way to say, hey, look, Ma. You talk about your parents. Um, they're both from Jamaica, mm-hmm. right? They, yeah. wh- how old were they when they immigrated here? Um, Probably in the late 20s, early 30s. To the Bronx, we we, we moved to the. To I the mean, Bronx. you know, a lot of people don't talk about Jamaica mm-hmm. and Jamaican Americans mm-hmm. and first generation mm-hmm. immigrants mm-hmm. had a huge Im- impact In on the hip-hop. music business. Uh, it, it, not just you, Cool Herc mm-hmm. is uh is 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 from Kingston. Brought the sound from Jamaica, right? Right. Brought the whole right. Brought the whole idea. Busta Rhymes. Yep. Right, his yep. parents are from Jamaica. That's right. Um, you know, Will I Am. Yep. His parents are from Jamaica. Yep. Yep. Peppa from Salt and yep. Peppa, yep. born in Kingston. Yep. Critical early female MC. Biggie. Uncle Luke. Biggie. Yep. Slick Rick. Yep. Why is it that Jamaica and Jamaican Americans hmm. have had such an impact on hip hop? Because hip hop was in Jamaica first. Mm. Right. The reggae artist was rapping on that music back in the seventies and late sixties. Right? Mm. That was hip hop. And Cool Herc brought it to New York, you know, and hit the kids to it and said, okay, now this is Jamaican hip-hop, New York rap. Basically, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, 
I'm proud of that. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, that people can say, you know, I can say that about Cool Herc, you know, the godfather who's discovered, you know, breaks in in, 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 in funk music and, and, you know, repeating, you know, the drum break or, or, or the funkiest part of the record and, you know, and having MCs rap to it. I mean, if we give Jamaica even, you know, half on the baby of hip-hop, right, and they created reggae, mm -hmm. and dancehall, mm -hmm. and ska, mm. and, and, and. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give hip-hop, uh, I'm going to give 90% of hip-hop to Jamaica. Okay. But I, it, but it's a deeply American yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, invention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very much about America. But and, not only Cool Herc, there's, there's a few cats that were West Indian. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That, you know what I'm saying? But Herc was number one, bringing it from Jamaica. But Jamaica in general, why, I mean, to say why has this little island been so musical mm -hmm. is whatever. Africa's musical, the Caribbean is musical. Yeah. But Jamaica has been innovative. Underground. And, and not just Bob Marley, nope. but has been creating not just songs, not just artists, but genres. It's funny you say Bob Marley because he did like king reggae. Like he, mm. did, he did like the top of the food chain yeah. reggae. And then you had groups under him who were doing underground stuff that was dope too. Like, you know, and you can go to a, one of those parties in Jamaica in the 70s and the DJ, Prince Buster, will be playing nothing but instrumental dubs and everyone is in there having a good time drinking beer. You know, you know, Jamaicans rock. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's some history. Like, I always looking up documentaries on YouTube, like, from Jamaica and learning. Hell yeah. Well, so what have you taken from the legacy of Jamaican music into um, your sound? Um, The heavy bass sound, um, the guitar, the piano, and just being inspired by that and, you know, just doing it a different way and, and applying it in a hip-hop form. I mean, I guess I was trying to ask you this before, but, I mean, you know, Jamaicans came here, mm -hmm. Dominicans came here, mm -hmm. Puerto Ricans came here. I know Puerto Rico's part of America, mm -hmm. but Puerto Ricans left the island and came here. Mm -hmm. And Puerto Ricans have had a huge impact Big on hip-hop. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E Market dot com slash Torrey thrive market dot com slash Torrey on March 16th 2000 two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta Jamil Alameen a Muslim leader and former black power activist was convicted but the evidence was shaky and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial my name is Mosi Secret and when I started investigating this case in my hometown I uncovered a dark truth about America from Tinderfoot TV Campside Media and iHeart Podcasts Radical is available now Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, big time. But Jamaica, why of all the islands has Jamaica had that impact on American hip-hop? Because we are the true, original, musical, melodical people. Yes. yes. That's it. The island where it's warm all the time. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, you ain't got nothing else to do but just practice music, man. Just, just come on, man. Um, Heavy D was your cousin. Yeah. 
I knew Heavy. I loved Hev. He was a great guy, fun and smart and cool. And (laughs) I mean, you know, when you when you think Mm. about him now, Mm -mm. what do you think about? Everything. I dream about him a lot. A lot. Yeah. He's always in my dreams. You know, they say when that happens that they're there with you. You know what I'm saying? At all times. You know, he was my biggest cheerleader. And he was the one that brought me to Marley Mall when I was like 11, 12, you know, hanging out, watching Marley in the studio, producing, you know, Kane and all them cats. I was just a little guy in there. And Hef was the one, had me under his wing from day one, man, since three years old, bro. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. What are you learning from Marley Mall? At age 12, 13, <laughs> sitting there by his elbow. That he was the dealer of his time. Yeah, that he was no the first yep. funky producer. Yep. Funky dude. Like, you know, taking drum sounds off of 45s and, and recognizing and realizing, hey, I can make a boom bap, you know, drums pattern. You know what I mean? With these sounds. And, um, you know, he just took it to the next level. And hip hop. You got a, you got a band now. Yeah, like yeah. an actual band, like yeah. people with who play instruments. Yes, live instrumentation. Wait till you hear the mixture with that. Tell me, it's tell just, me about it's it. It's just really scientifically. So, are you the orchestrator? Yeah, yeah. And the writer. Um. Yep. We. I come with the ideas. You know, and me and my drummer, we we kind of bump heads on a lot of what we're going to do, you know what I'm saying? You know, when we're creating... <laughs> you bump heads with the guy. Yeah, like... It's you good know, drummers friction. is very important. Yeah, of course. Very, very, very important people. So, you know, they kind of think like us. They, it's, you like know, producers. Yeah, they, they, they think like us. So I'm like, me and this guy's on the same wavelength. So this is going to be easy. And we're having fun and... Making this album is crazy. It's gonna be nuts, man. I don't think people know what's gonna really happen. You know what I'm saying? I love being in this position because you know I feel like I got something I'm getting ready to just you know what I'm saying? Kill them with. Yeah. Are there beats that are so great mm-hmm. that a a solid MC could say almost anything and it would still be a hit? Mm-hmm. Or is it like, nah, nah, you don't understand the MC has got to do his part too and both parts have got to be ill to make it that, you know, master record? Well, depending on the MC, he doesn't want to get outdone by any beat. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, they. I guess with that in, in mind, you know, you kind of try to make it, you know, easy for them to, you know, you know, uh, alert, uh, you know, literate. To slide in. Yeah. But you want, I mean, you do want to feel, you want to bring it out of them. You yeah. do want them to feel that competition. Yeah. I'm bringing some heat. You yeah. better step up, yeah. son. Yep, 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 yep. Are there things that you say to kind of like motivate them and get them in? Because you want the best rhymes on your I tracks. try to say less. I put more in the music and then I say less. Because when I, okay, put it this way. Like, if they love the beat, you know what I'm saying? It's because I put the work in. You know what I'm saying? To say little. You know what I mean? I don't have to say much. Yo, I you ain't like that? Listen back to this. You like it? You want to do it again? You know, stuff like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You, uh, you believe in owning your masters? Of course. What? For folks who don't understand, why is that important? It's very important. Because, you know, in the when you first come in the music business, you're young. You know, I have to admit, I did not care about the business side. I was just happy that I was making music. People liked it. You know what I'm saying? And I, you know, I was signed to a major record label, putting our music out. That like that had me on cloud nine. So the other stuff was on the you know back burner, but then. You learn hard lessons, you know what I'm saying, in the music business, and you learn that you should have did A and B, you know, at this time. But now you got to do all this work just to get 
you know, get your feet back. You know what I'm saying? And I was just making music, making money, making music, making money, then own the government money. You know, you got to do all that. You got to pay your taxes. You know, you can't be having the government coming after you. <laughs> of course. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So fortunate enough, I was able to, to take care of that business, man. And then, you know, you know that's going to happen for me, too. I'm going to own my own masters, too. Oh, you don't I currently? No, nah, not right now. Do you? So you don't own not the early stuff, the Mecca and the Soul Brother. Not the early stuff, but well, it's coming. It's coming. You're working on it. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I mean, one of your greatest records is the Shut 'Em Down remix. Really? I thank, think so. Thank you, bro. You don't think so? No, I do. I do. I do. Um, I don't know why I said that. I think I was insecure about me rapping on the shit. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. So I was like, but I did a version with me and without me. And they used the one with me. I mean, the beat was so big. Yeah. They don't even think made back to like. Made it quick too. How long did it take? 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And I was rushing to get to the studio on time. <laughs> and Wait, that's take, a, take that's me a great, back to. That's a great story. Yeah. Take me back to making that record. It's a great story. Well, you know. I had studio at like, let's say five o'clock in the afternoon. You know, uh, you know, I like to crap around at the last minute. You know what I'm saying? And then, like maybe a, a half an hour before, you know, thirty minutes before I was supposed to be there, I was home making the beat. But I came up came up with it really really quick because, you know, sometimes when I'm walking in the basement, I have records there that I know about and I'm like ah, I didn't mess with this I didn't try it so I'm like alright let me try these you know what I'm saying let me try this with this and see what that is then I came up with a bass line and drums then I you know just kind of once I came with the foundation of the bass and the drums everything else kind of happens easy you know what I'm saying and I was I had some just good records around and I was just <laughs> taking stuff and listening and like boom 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 it all happened in less than 10 minutes man I lied to y'all not, man. And then what happens after the beat is done? Then, then what happens? Then the beat is done. I'm saving it on everything on 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 disc. And I'm running down to Green Street, man. I'm running, I'm, you know, rushing, flying on the highway. Because Public Enemy puts out a call. We need a remix. Yeah, yeah. Any producer wants to get down, yeah. send us Def a track. Def Jam, you know, major label. Be on time. Don't be late. Jeff Jam, don't be late. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that was a big deal. You know, when you was late, people looking at you funny. At Def Jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, but, man. But you know, it's come. It's a big thing in hip-hop. None yeah. of us are on time. Right. But you you want to show, you know, you know, discipline. Sure. And, yeah. So, at the mo- I mean, that record, that record changed your business, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That was the one that got my name solidified, stamped. Like with the thing, you know, with the big, the, the ink. That's, Solidified as what? A-list yeah, producer? Yeah. You know, then you had people before that remix came out asking, like, who's this kid, Pete Rock, man? Who's this guy? You know, he's doing Night Train remix. Did I did a couple other remixes, Johnny Gill, some R&B joints, you know what I'm saying? And then kind of branched off on my own and started doing stuff. Did Did the success of Shut Him Down give you more confidence or were you like i i couldn't have had more confidence gas me up crazy <laughs> what and and how it affected other people you know how the look i would see on their face when they're talking about it and then even with Buster rhymes you know to, to the point where you know because they all from you know uh chuck d's from staten island area and you know, Buster has big respect for for like Hank Shockley and Keith and Bomb Squad. Yeah, yes. And um, he 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 used to express to me like how much he loved that remix, and uh-huh. he went and did it on uh, the Genesis album. So I pulled out you know the old SB twelve hundred disc with the beat still on it, and we went in the studio and knocked it down. <laughs> he killed it. I did a little different things to the beat in the intro. I mean. It- experimentation is really important for you, right? Like yeah. seeing what fits with what, yeah. right? So yeah. is it a lot of time in the lab just 
trying different things? You know what I want to say about versus today? Like today, everyone wants email. Beat, email, beat, email me, beat, email me. Uh, I get a better um, sense of, of working with an artist when I'm in his face. You know what I'm saying? Because I can see his reaction. I can read his body language. You know, I can, when I play a beat, I can tell if he likes it or not. You know what I'm saying? And then just keep it moving. So that's the plus that, that I don't get, you know, as much as I used to in the 90s. That doesn't happen as much today. In the 90s, you would be most likely in the same room. Yeah, same room. And since when, the double O's, it's more likely you're not going to be in the same room. Yeah, new millennium. And that lack of intimacy definitely has an impact on the records. Yeah, internet. Just remember, we didn't have Instagram. We didn't have none of that stuff. We didn't have social media. You know what I mean? Uh, In the 90s. Late, late, later, but not, you know. When we were Do you tell people, no, I'm not emailing you, come to the basement? No, you had to. No, but now. Oh, oh, yeah. Some Sometimes I, out of convenience, if I'm not, you know, in a position to, 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 and I got beats, and I'm like, all right, listen to this one. You know, I'll send it. Are you better as a producer now than you were 10 years I ago? So. I think so. What can you do now that you couldn't do 10, 15 years ago? Well... What I wasn't aware of, I'm going to say. Yeah. I, I probably, if I was aware of it, I would have been doing it, you know, but it, it was things that I'm, I'm more aware of that makes me a better... Like what? ...producer. Um, just, okay, genres of music, you know, not just sampling American soul. There's music and crazy, ill stuff in every genre of music almost. What are you getting into that you weren't into before? Everything else. Everything else. Um, Brazilian, deeper into Afrobeat. You know, you just delve deeper into some of those genres. You know what I'm saying? And when you do that, you find stuff. You know what I'm saying? Dope stuff. Do you have, like, prescribed listening times? like Mm, Sundays. Sundays. Yep. Just sit around and listen yep, for all what's day. next. Albums, all kind of stuff. A- a- are you listening to like whole tracks? You just like yeah, okay, whole album, nice. whole album. If I got to clean up, you know, cook, you know, do the normal house routine stuff, I'm throwing records on the turntable. New records for you? Mm, it's old. Old, old stuff. Is there a period when you're like, okay, uh, uh, let's look for new stuff, let's dig? Oh, I, I mean, I, I'm yeah. Like you mean today's artists, or whatever, just anything? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I listen, I, I listen to everything, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, you know, discriminate against anything. I listen to even the stuff that people not liking. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it seems like your era was about creating beats where you couldn't, the audience couldn't tell mm-hmm. where it came from. Mm-hmm. And then after you, it got more and more obvious, yeah. right? People would be sampling like one thing where it's obvious yeah. and, and not even digging, but looking for what's super popular to break back. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure as someone who was digging and trying to hide stuff, you're like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> you can't just pull that old Jackson 5 record and make a hit. Come on, man. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I mean, I, I just like obscurity. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, the in-your-face records, that's cool, too, you know? And, and you could use those to display your talent just to show people, like, yo, look what I could do to this song. You know what I'm saying? It sounds like this, but I, I make it sound like this. You know what I'm saying? You could do that and play around like that with the, with the with the you know, but I like obscurity. I like things. I like finding stuff people never heard before. What's your superpower? Strength. What do you mean? In music. Like, <laughs> what does like, that mean? Like the Incredible Hulk of hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but, um, like, you know, I'm a big comic book, you know, collector, yeah. lover of the movies and everything like that. My favorite character is the Hulk. So, you know, I, I, I just kind of use that. And take that hero-like inspiration and, and apply it to what I do, you know. There's something about, you know, superheroes I like.
I always knew that MCs thought of themselves as superheroes. I didn't know the great producers did, too. That's what's up. I fully support thinking highly of yourself. It can help bring out the best in you. Thanks to Pete Rock and thanks to you for listening. This show is all about giving you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality and this show can help. I'm on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show. Please stop by and say hi. And if you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review. And please spread the word and tell a friend who you think would like the show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Chris Colbert and the Young Turks, with help from William Jolly, Jason Wallace, Candid Nicole, and our photographer, Chuck Marcus. We'll be back next Wednesday with more knowledge from amazing folks, because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.